0: What? dales had a small problem they said it was big but i didn't expect it to be big <laughs> he could handle every situation except the one that mattered most I'm, i am locked out of my house come on
1: inside i'll get the tools
0: i don't have any clothes
1: on maybe you'd like some wine with your nose
0: Jeez. I want to look like Diana Ross.
1: I think she's fallen in love, but she doesn't know it yet. There's someone I think I should get to know better. His name's Chris McConnell.
0: This time I want you to do it, Dave. I want you to cut
1: the thing off. Maybe you could encourage him a little. Look, she wants
0: somebody who looks like me and talks like you. Don't panic. Stay calm. Stay calm. Because there is a heart here. That's good. That's okay. But it wants you worse to know. There's a possible
1: 502 on Maine. (laughs) Hello, welcome to Rewatchability. It's a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Larone. With me, as always, is... What's that?
0: J.M. McNabb. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to make a joke that someone else was in the room telling me what to say.
1: Oh, Uh, that's good. That's good. Didn't
0: really come through.
1: You know, I appreciate the effort because today we are talking about... Roxanne, which is a adaptation of the play Cyrano de Bergiac, which famously features a scene with a thing like that, right?
0: What is it? Wait, what's the name of the play? Is it Bergiac or Ber- well, Bergerac? Is it Cyrano I, French, de Tom you know? Bergeron? That's <laughs> so right. He's a, Someone whispers how to host Hollywood Squares. No,
1: It's a difficult job.
0: I was actually going to ask you about it. Well, may, maybe we'll get into it, but you're the theater guy, so I hope you teach me a little about it.
1: You know, I did a master's in theater not too long ago. I remember nothing, so uh perfect. You're shit out of luck. But luckily, there are other elements to this movie. It is starring and was adapted by Steve Martin, the funny guy. He's the guy who's who's funny in things. Yeah, and you know he has a show on. Uh, I what, I don't know what platform it's on here. Here in Canada,
0: it's on Disney Plus, but that oh. might mean that it's on Hulu in the U.S. or who knows.
1: But he does have a show with Steve Martin and Selena Gomez, and it's being pushed everywhere.
0: Martin Short is
1: his co-star. What did I say? You said Steve Martin a second time. Oh. It's not like that
0: Paul Rudd show where where there's multiple Steve
1: Martins. Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And it seems like a big show and got me thinking about what other things Steve Martin has done, and this one came to mind for some reason. And also, like, when when we're picking a movie, there's always a question of, like, what is a good movie for the podcast, right? Because sometimes if it's a movie that's, like, our favorite movie, it's hard to talk about because all we want to do is say this is my favorite part or I love that part, or it's hard to criticize those movies fairly because we have all these feelings about them. And also, like, some movies that are so bad... They're just no fun to talk about because it's not fun to shit on somebody else's hard work all the time. I mean, right? a lot
0: of very successful podcasts would would uh, say differently, but
1: yeah. Well, we've
0: we're decided not to, to be yeah, successful. We've decided to stay right in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> not that successful, not a huge failure. We're right, right in the in the rock sand level of
1: podcast. Exactly, mediocre movies are our niche. Yeah,
0: So actually Roxanne was far more successful than this podcast ever. Is anyone listening? That's right.
1: I don't know. <laughs> probably probably not. Didn't you want Wait, to well, do
0: something we, before we get into it? You have something you wanted I did. to say. You have an announcement.
1: No, I don't have an announcement. Oh. We have heard from our listeners. Also, I should say we should thank our Patreons. Those are the listeners who who give us $1, 3 or $5 a little bit each month, and that helps us keep the podcast going, and you get the bonus content, you get the podcast early, and all of that, but... We have other listeners, too, and uh, we've heard from a few of them. So I thought it would be nice to read those on the air. Yes. Also, one of them applies to our Gremlins 2, colon, the new batch podcast that we recorded a few weeks ago because you had a question. I believe you asked the listeners to Uh tell you if there was a Canadian expat bar in another film or TV show like in Gremlins 2, colon, the new batch so my buddy Braden, he wrote to me and he said, hey, listening to the Gremlins 2 podcast, so somebody's listening. Thanks, Braden, uh, if he hasn't forgotten about us. But he says, I believe there was a Canadian expat bar in How I Met Your Mother.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: He says that's the only Canadian-themed restaurant he can think of, that's... but that's one that's probably maybe that's one you're thinking of. That's
0: probably what I was thinking of. Not a show I've seen a lot of, but I've definitely seen some episodes in reruns and and uh, and in syndication. So yeah I, yeah, I I probably did see that episode. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, Braden. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Also, some time ago, way back in May, I don't know how these like messages work on on Twitter. Oh, I lost it. No, okay. I think I can get it back.
0: This is the least technologically savvy podcast. I there's a letter from May and I and and I deleted it. And how how was it delivered by Saint Bernard? How are we just getting this now?
1: It came it came across the ocean. And how uh, how on do on we liner.
0: how do we know who really wrote it? Now that I've seen Roxanne, I'm skeptical.
1: Yeah. That's right. It could be. Well, it's flattering, but I, I don't know if it's super eloquent, but it's it's nice. Okay. So I thought I would share it. It's from Clay. He says, hey, guys, I just wanted to drop you a quick note. It's kind of eloquent to say thank you. I love the podcast and it helped me get through my grad degree. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Way to go, Clay. Congrats for graduating.
0: I hope it's not like,
1: <laughs> I, hope it's not like
0: I wrote my thesis in obsessive narcissism and podcasts. <laughs>
1: But if you did, I would love to read it.
0: Well, that's great. That's great to hear, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's nice.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's get into it. Roxanne, J.M., when was the first time that you saw this movie?
0: Yeah, this was not a movie I remembered super well. You know, I, like so many of us, was a big Steve Martin fan as a kid. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the only movies... I mean, this is dating us, but uh, I, I, pretty much everything we do in this podcast <laughs> dates us, I guess. But, you know, I grew up in the era where, you know, if you had a movie on home video, in this case, I'm I'm talking about beta. It was like, wow. you know, it was a big deal. You didn't have a lot of those. Uh, I'm, you know, when I was like really little, we only had like a few movies on beta. So you would get a lot of use out of them and the, one of the ones i had was dead men don't wear plaid so i right. think that was probably because it was just like a used beta we got at the video store one time so but that like made me a steve martin fan for life i don't have have we wow. ever done a steve martin movie on the show we haven't
1: no That's crazy. i was thinking about that as well it is crazy but i think it's because he is so beloved it's hard to I mean, you don't want to knock him down, but right. he has made some stinkers and some, some crap. Oh, yeah. Guys.
0: No, for sure. No, it's, but he – yeah, he was one of those guys. He he was one of those comic actors when I was a kid that because of movies like Dead Men Don't Wear, Wear Plaid, like, you know, if you went to the video store to rent a movie, you would just go purely on, like, him being in the movie. For sure. You know what I mean? You would just want to watch every movie that he was in. For me, it was like yeah, Steve Martin, John Candy, maybe even more so, like I would right, watch yeah. anything with John Candy in it. And yeah. then maybe like Peter Sellers. Uh Okay. <laughs> those were like the guys where it was just, you know, I didn't need to know anything else about the movie other than they were in it, you know? Right. And but for some reason, despite the fact that I saw like most of his 80s comedies as a kid. I didn't see Roxanne right away. And mm. I, d- I didn't even really know what it was until I saw some of it on TV one time. And I remember just thinking it was so strange. Like I just saw mm. the middle of it. I think it was like the, you know, maybe the best part of the movie, but like the bar scene where right. you know he's doing all the nose jokes and you know Steve Martin's got this prosthetic nose on and it mm-hmm. it was just seems and then there's the, like a fight scene like it was just strange and I was like what is this and then eventually I did see the whole thing Again, I think it was on TV, but that that's my earliest memory of Roxanne. It's just like, what? why does he have this nose? Like, I didn't know what Cyrano de Bergerac was. I'm mm-hmm. still not 100% sure. But most of my knowledge of that play comes from that Halloween episode of Frasier where Niles is dressed <laughs> up like Cyrano. Um, but yeah, so this was not one of the big ones for me. I just remember being weirded out by it as a kid, mostly. Mm. Uh, What about
1: you? Yeah, I mean, I liked Steve Martin. I don't think we had the benefit of having one of his movies on VHS that I remember, but whenever I saw them like the jerk I thought was hilarious and you know he, anything that he showed up in he was a highlight of especially when you're a kid he's so animated and he's also one of those performers who's willing to be sort of wacky yeah he, wild he's not... and crazy even <laughs> that's right yeah i was also a, a big fan of uh a big fan of those guys too for some reason <laughs> i think i imitated that voice uh far too far too long
0: well, you know, it's, it's funny because I also – I think when I was a kid, like, I was so used to – apart from maybe The Jerk, like, I was more used to Steve Martin playing it, like, a bit more down-to-earth, you know? Like, right. like I love his movies, but, like, I, I, I so many of his movies, he's – where he plays the protagonist, like, you know, other than The Jerk, which still feels like it's kind of coming out of his stand-up a bit more, like – as we especially into the 90s like he's very much like the straight man so right
1: it was you prefer the the mature steve martin
0: i don't know if i prefer it but i just remember like going back to his stand up mm-hmm. after like being a steve martin fan and being very surprised by like you know how to, like he's so like it's this crazy flailing limbs and like you know i mean he was one of the first comics to like play stadiums and so you know he got Right. so animated and, and I did not you know I know he's you know uh, a, a hugely influential stand-up and and an icon but and I you know I've read his book about stand-up and stuff but like for me it was almost like not a letdown but it was just like oh this isn't quite like the Steve Martin that I love in a way it right. was just such it, it was such its own character that I, I didn't latch onto it in the same way I did like his film persona if that makes mm-hmm. sense
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also Steve Martin is a person who is in a constant state of transformation. It seems like. It seemed like for a long time he like grew out of being funny and he just wanted to not even like make movies necessarily, but write plays and collect art and play the banjo. Yeah.
0: You might oh, did did you go see him with me that time?
1: No, I've never seen him.
0: Oh, I went and saw his banjo show one time.
1: And how was it?
0: It was good. And it was also like, I'd heard they made it very clear, like, it's not a stand-up show. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to be funny. He's playing the banjo. It's, it's a serious <laughs> thing for him. But he was still like... Cra- no
1: laughter. He
0: was cracking jokes and he was very, ah. very funny. And like, he played like the King Tut song on the banjo. So Wow. It was, st- it was still very, he was still very much Steve Martin. But I do remember that like show in New York because he was just, he was coming out with like a book of, of like art criticism because mm-hmm. he's, he's uh, uh, also a very art collector. serious art collector. Uh, which, uh, he
1: appreciates art. Yeah, which is... And, uh, and he'll tell you. He'll tell you he does, too.
0: It's a real coincidence that these people who appreciate art are also super rich. <laughs> it's like your ability to collect art, you know, comes comes yeah. along with being super rich. But uh, he was doing, like... This with like the New York Times or something. Uh, and But it was... Uh, I don't know if they advertised it poorly or something, but it was like an evening with Steve Martin, but it was just about it was only questions right. about arts and like mm-hmm. his book, and people were like super pissed off, like you know because they were expecting to talk <laughs> about movies or make put jokes. an arrow through your head, <laughs> put an arrow through your head, then talk about fucking Monet. No, but yeah, like people were thought it would be like. Yeah, like Steve Martin, the comedian. Steve Martin, the movie star. Something about that, but it was just about art, and people were upset. I remember, it, like, made the news that so many people wanted their money back at that show. But you're right; he is a guy who's always evolving, growing. I remember, like, even ten or twenty years ago, he was also, you know, because he's also like he he's a writer, and uh, obviously wrote mm-hmm. this movie, but he's also like written plays and stuff, and and mm-hmm. books. And did you see the movie Shop Girl that he I made out so. of one I of saw his part books? Part of it, anyway. But, uh, not, uh, it was rough. Yeah. Real rough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's go, let's go back to Roxanne though. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. This was kind of him like right in his mid stride day. Yeah. Yeah. Or like really, really bursting onto the movie scene here. Was this post three amigos?
1: I think. Yeah. Three amigos came out in 86. This is 87. So I also he was, love Three you know, amigos. right off the high. Yeah. I remember that being hilarious when I was a kid. I actually haven't seen it since. So uh, I don't remember much of it, but I remember it being hilarious.
0: It is funny that like <laughs> him and Martin Short continue to work together so much. And it's just like yeah. like even in this new show, it's like, wow, they, they just replaced Chevy Chase with Selena Gomez.
1: <laughs> I, I bet he's fuming. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> I'll kill her. <laughs> <laughs> guy has issues. <laughs> okay, so Roxanne, it is about this guy named C. D. Bales. Uh stands for compact disc Bales. And he is played by Steve Martin and He's the chief at a volunteer firefighter's outfit, fire hall. That's where they work from. But he's pretty unflappable. He seems to have life by the, uh, you know, he seems to be doing fine. Except for this one thing, this very big thing, which is that he has a large nose. And, you know, it's a big prosthetic nose that Steve Martin's wearing. Seems like it's like... I don't know. 3.5 inches. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't pause it and measure.
1: <laughs> you need a banana for scale, right? Uh, well, can we talk
0: about the, like the first scene, too? Because I don't know if this is like an offshoot of the play, but like he's <laughs> he's super violent for some reason. <laughs>
1: But yeah, he gets in a huge confrontation. I mean, he's sort of, like, walking down the street. He's doing, like, a little, like, monologue, or is he singing? Yeah, but something like he, that. he runs into Kevin Nealon, who he, he says is coked up. This is a ski resort town, I yeah, guess. They're, like, and two,
0: like, yuppie guys.
1: Yeah, and they see him and his giant nose. It's not a giant nose. It's just a large nose. And they proceed to make fun of it, and so he attacks them. It's
0: basically it's quite violent. It's basically like the uh, the beginning of the Joker movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it yeah. but it's
0: but it's supposed to it's be light hearted. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. don't <laughs> you know, like, care about him uh, getting his ass kicked, but <laughs> it was
0: mean, it was weird. I don't understand why that would be like. It's a weird aspect of the character. And it's also like a weird like introduction to the character. A character Mm -hmm. who for the rest of the movie is largely defined by like his intelligence and like his sensitivity. But the first scene's just like him beating the shit out of Kevin Nealon.
1: Well, I mean, this isn't the only time that he drops a guy. He drops a guy later on. Yeah. He, he's usually pretty even-tempered, but when it comes to his nose, that's the one thing.
0: Quite a hood ornament you got there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Here <it> comes! <laughs> 3D coming at you! <laughs> I really admire your shoes. What? I love your shoes. <laughs> what do you mean? And I was just thinking that as much as I really admire your shoes... And as much as I'd love to have a pair just like them, I really wouldn't want to be in your shoes at this particular time and place.
1: Ow! And as an adaptation of a play, there are certain things that I think are sort of like ported over here a little bit clumsily. Like in the play... He is the commander of some sort of like military squadron or something. So instead of like a firehouse with all these volunteer firemen under him, it's like a squadron of of soldiers.
0: But sure, like, okay, I get in the olden days, you could just attack somebody on the street and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's fine. But, you know, this is we're in the year of 1987. You can't just be going around beating up people with tennis rackets.
1: No, that's right. He should be charged with assault. I would like (laughs) to see C.D. Howe in jail. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird start to this movie. (laughs) The next part is a bit weird, too, because (laughs) the other co-star of this movie is Daryl Hannah, who, attractive woman, and she is trying to get her cat, who runs out of the door, and the door closes behind her and locks and she is wearing a a sexy sort of nightgown or something. <laughs> yeah. And it pulls away. And so now Daryl Hannah... It gets, like, Daryl stuck Hanna, in the door. That's right. Yeah. Now Daryl Hannah is naked. And what's she going to do? So she goes to it, the firehouse. It
0: does feel like even more so than, like, them potentially, like, exploiting her, like... Getting her naked in the movie. I mean, you don't see anything, but like the suggestion no. that she's naked, but this is rated PG. Even more like I think it's even crasser than them just like trying to do something suggestive. I, I think it's more like they were like, hey, Splash made a lot of money. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's concoct a way where she's running around naked at the beginning of this movie, like in Splash.
1: <laughs> yeah. It uh not a good start. And why
0: would she go to the firehouse? That seem that seems like a weird place to go. Is that where you'd go if you were naked and locked in? I would go locksmith. I would go to the place with the most rocks and just and break a window. <laughs> That's what I'd do. I'd go to the rock store. Well I'd yeah, go to the hard okay. rock cafe and get one of their rocks.
1: Break it with like Getty Lee's bass or something. <laughs> <laughs> But no, she decides to go to the firehouse, and you know, I mean, the fireman is not just a person who fights fires. They also are renowned for doing a variety of other things, like getting cats out of trees. And I guess that's the only other thing. I don't, you know, sometimes I guess if you need a fire permit for your backyard campfire, maybe a fire marshal might come along. I don't know how it works, but well, uh, also
0: don't we find out that Daryl Hannah is renting the house from Shelley Duvall?
1: She is. That's right. Go and to Shelley her. Duvall,
0: Shelley Duvall will have another set of keys.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to think that the Daryl Hanna character had uh, ulterior motives going to the fire department. She thought it was one of those calendar fire halls, you know, <laughs> with the uh, with the smoldering. Uh, well, know. it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, literally smoldering because everybody there is inept. <laughs> they're all they're all idiots. But then, and, yeah, uh, so Steve played too much comedy.
0: So Steve Martin helps her out. I guess that's part of his
1: job. And helps. And he's, you know, let's let's give the character credit. He is not a perv about it. He doesn't comment on her nudity. And as we've seen some of these other firemen, they are real uh they're pervs and assholes. Whoa,
0: whoa no, he's kind of pervy. He says like, "Do you want like a, a coat or something?" She's like, "No, I want to stay out here freezing." And he's like, "All right." And then he doesn't give her anything.
1: Right. I guess I thought maybe he was playing it like he's uh st- stupid. But maybe <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And then
0: yeah. and then the scene that follows it is kind of weird. He's very creepy at the beginning of the movie. Look, I I like a lot of this movie. I don't want to criticize it too much right off the jump, but so he he breaks into her house by like doing gymnastics to mm-hmm. like uh, get up to the top of the the house there. And then he Let's her in the house and then just proceeds to like raid her fridge and like start laying out like wine and cheese, presuming yeah. that he will
1: stay for a, a, a snack. That ain't right. That ain't how firemen work. My grandpa was a fireman. I don't think that he ever got <laughs> wine. I don't think he got cheese.
0: It seems a little presumptuous.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't bode well for like the movie's attitude uh towards women so far.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, because she yeah, she's also like
1: yeah, totally.
0: It's We yeah. should
1: say we find out she is very smart. She is a yes. uh, she is an astronomer and also she knows a lot about subatomic particles for some reason. She just brings that up out of nowhere.
0: Her job is basically just science.
1: Yeah, science in general. She's a science generalist, and she's like getting her degree. You know, probably listening to a podcast to get through it all. That's right. But she she has discovered like a, a new comet by using math, which that that seems fake. You know, <laughs> that ain't real. Math's so she's like a brilliant, a brilliant, attractive lady that Steve Martin wrote into this as his love interest,
0: right. Well, I don't know. Well, how closely does the Daryl Hannah character follow the character in the original play? Do you know?
1: Well, she's not an astronomer. Right. Because you'd be, like, burned at the stake for doing that (laughs) when the play was (laughs) written. She's a witch! (laughs) No, I mean, it it is similar. Her name is Roxanne, but it is only spelled with one N. Uh, And does she put on a red light? Because this one doesn't. (laughs) No, this one doesn't. Though I, I saw that Sting shows up in uh, the new Steve Martin series for some reason. I thought maybe they had like a deal, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I won't sue you for this. You have to give me a role.
0: Oh, I didn't know Sting. I only watched one episode of it.
1: Oh, I shouldn't have spoiled it. Maybe it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, Sting is the murderer.
0: <laughs> that would be great. That reminds me of another Steve Martin movie. The Man with two- one? The Man with Two Brains. Right. And I
1: think I've seen that one.
0: I'm going to spoil the ending of The Man with Two Brains. Skip ahead if you haven't seen it. But like, there's a there's a side plot about a, a serial killer. And every time the serial killer strikes, they say, it's you. And you're like, why are, why are all these people recognizing this killer? And then at the end, it turns out that it's actually Merv Griffin <laughs> as himself murdering people.
1: That's funny. Yeah.
0: So maybe it's something similar with Sting.
1: Just, yeah. Could be he's he's I a tantric
0: mean, murderer he's been bottling up all of his murderous <laughs> rage until this very moment.
1: that's right he's gonna murder you for six hours, <laughs> but Steve martin he falls in love with Daryl Hannah's character. I mean she seems pretty cool, but I like he's Daryl not Hanna. the only yeah. game in she's good she's good yeah, she gives it her all, but he's not the only game in town because there's a new kid in town. And uh, he is also a firefighter, but he's a little bit closer to the firefighter calendar ideal. He's right. like, he's a little bit hunky, and he he's and played he by is... Rick Rossovich. Oh, okay, who's he? He's like an actor. The things that he he was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, but he was in uh he was in Terminator. You mean it wasn't
0: the... a bowfinger situation where they filmed a real life firefighter and? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you no, I mean you H think thing, you
1: know. <laughs> No, he was in uh, Terminator. He plays um, uh, Sarah Connor's roommate's boyfriend <laughs> who oh, gets killed guy. by Terminator. Yeah. And course. he's also in Top Gun as Slider, <laughs> which is a small hamburger,
0: or <laughs> the guy who hopped dimensions with Jerry O'Connell.
1: Yeah, could be that. Could be that. But <laughs> we you know we can think of two uses for that word, <laughs> even though. They he and Daryl Hannah sort of make eyes at each other from across the bar. He is extremely nervous and he he goes outside and he vomits he He can't even like bring himself to talk to this beautiful woman who is obviously like really into him because he's attractive and like sort of the same age as her and like you know seems like a good fit but perfectly proportioned nose (laughs) perfect i wasn't gonna say that you know i mean all all noses are beautiful i think is one of the themes of this film that's Uh, true you know learn a lesson but so He doesn't know what to do, and at first, Steve Martin thinks that she is into him, and there are like certain signs that are pointing to it. But then she puts him right in the friend zone, and has him. Does she have him like help out with uh, with Matt or like ask him? Not Matt. That's his name in Terminator. With uh... (laughs) (laughs) oh man, is
0: this movie set in the Terminator universe?
1: No. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, Chris. Chris. is Chris. Name. This is what happens when you do too much stupid research. But, <laughs> yeah, his name is Chris. Yeah, but she asked him to sort of ask him out or, like, ask if he's interested or whatever. Right. right? And that sort of breaks his heart because, uh, you know, he really liked her. But this guy, you know, he can't talk to her. So they have to do this sort of contrived thing. He's going to write her a letter but he can't do it, so he has CD write the letter, and he writes like this big, flowery, poetic, erotic letter that really gets Cyril Hannah going. I mean, it is, uh, and you know, she she loves it, and so
0: yeah. And, and in the twenty first century, we we have a word for that. It's catfishing. They are <laughs> catfishing her.
1: Damn. You're right. Yes. That is the word. That is the word. But so th- they they keep on like trying to sort of get these two together, right? And they don't know how to how he's going to do it because he can't talk to her. So he sort of goes over to her house with like one of those like Elmer Fudd type hunting caps with the uh, flaps over right. the ears. And then Steve Martin is in, like, a surveillance van nearby, a pizza van. And, <laughs> and he's telling Chris what to say so that he can woo Daryl Hannah. And, of course, there's, like, some funny moments. He gets, like, some crosstalk from the uh, local police department. And it's sort of funny. That was funny, yeah.
0: Get ready to move a little closer to her. Uh, there. Therefore, I... Must move silently.
1: Uh, moving in towards you.
0: Reach out your hand. My hand out reaching to... Car 3. Car 3. Proceed to the 279.
1: What? Uh. To confirm? Car 3, yeah. confirm? Confirm what?
0: To, to confirm. Uh, uh, confirm my feelings. Confirm my feelings. Confir-
1: confirm my feelings. I mean... We all know that the best use of this device was in short circuit 2 where uh, oh. they're helping uh Fisher Stevens no, uh no. do the date no, no rob. oh
0: poor sweet simple rob
1: <laughs>
0: no i mean i, I think okay. this movie this movie does like shine the brightest when it is you know going full farce, right? I, th- I think that's when it works best. And this is this scene is really the first time when when they are able to flex that farce muscle. But yeah, it's it's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. And eventually he sort of retreats and he has to like speak to Daryl Hannah from she's on the balcony, you know, and he's down in the trees like a creepster, and they're sort of having a conversation there, and he confesses all of his feelings. And and Steve Martin's, you know, eventually he sort of pushes the guy out of the way, and he just sort of takes over, and he's like, he tells her everything that he really feels. And then this Chris guy, he swoops in for the kill and uh, spends the night with Daryl Hannah. Well, I, I do think this part was weird because... Like
0: I mean she spends a lot of time with Steve Martin like why wouldn't she recognize his voice they have two very very different voices
1: Yeah yeah I I mean it's sort of like the Superman Lois Lane thing but with voices but with voices yeah. and yeah But also, I mean, even when he's in the trees, it doesn't look like the same guy. No, no.
0: I mean, I guess this this play was written a long time ago when people were stupider, but, Mm -hmm. you know, come
1: on. Probably had lots of, like, eye diseases. Nobody had glasses? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and they have, and ear diseases that prevented them from recognizing voices
1: well also people were fucking like 40 feet away at least from the action and there was no like close-ups
0: i do like that that they start out with like the you know modernization of that plot like they start out with like the you know the radio and the and the van and the pizza right. van and then like that fails immediately so they have to like work their way up to like the crux of the play as opposed to like i don't know it's it's a minor difference but if they had started with like the original and then kind of scrapped it in favor of of like using radios i don't know i just like that they were like you know they they were actually like working their way up to like getting to the core of the story which is that famous scene of of him whispering in the bushes
1: yeah yeah for Sure, there's other stuff that's happening. There's all these scenes of the firemen training, and it's funny because they're bad at it, and it seems like people are going to die horrifically. Luckily, we only see them get called upon to save their cow.
0: Well, can we talk about these firefighters for a minute because it's an insane cast of firefighters? We've got, yeah, Michael J. Pollard, mm hmm, Damon Waynes, mm hmm, Fred Willard, other guys.
1: I think he's the mayor. He's the mayor or
0: something. That's true. But he hangs yeah, out at the firehouse a lot.
1: He's around. Yeah. Who am I forgetting? Are there any others? I think those are the the, the big
0: ones. There's that one guy, the like sleazy guy.
1: Oh he... yeah, that's right. He's a Canadian actor. Is he? I re... he's yeah. in a
0: lot of like sitcoms around. Like I remember he was in Seinfeld and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the other guy from Seinfeld is uh, the plastic surgeon, uh, who plays in Seinfeld Babu.
0: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, he's in tons of stuff,
1: yeah, that's right,
0: yeah, we didn't talk about that scene where he almost he wants to get plastic surgery for his nose, but,
1: yeah, but he can't because he's allergic to anesthesia, which that's a that makes sense, I don't know this part, like it just didn't really seem to do anything for me. It was kind of amusing, I guess, to see them you know be uh. Tossed around like rag dolls uh, by the pressure of the fire hose. Yeah, but I don't know. Sure. This part uh, fell a little bit uh, flat. But eventually, this big dumb oafish, good-looking fireman, he starts talking to the bartender, lady bartender, bartender who is a a woman, and. They're just
0: called bartenders, Rob. Yeah,
1: but it's a romantic connection that they have. Like, you instantly feel that, like, these people are a way better match than... uh, I mean, they don't have to do any sort of catfishing to get things started. (laughs) He's not nervous. He's not vomiting. They have a really good time. And they seem to like each other, so they just decide to, like, go off without really telling anybody. And also at the same time, Shelley Duvall, she gives... One of Steve Martin's letters to Daryl Hannah and says you know c d wrote this, and so the gig is up, yeah, because she's obviously not going to be with a person who like participated in this creepy fraud thing, but uh well it, she does it's a weird scene well first of all, we didn't
0: talk about the fact that like Daryl Hannah goes away briefly because she, like, discovers a comet or something and, like, right. has to go visit a university. I don't know yeah. enough about astronomy to discredit that. So, sure. that That's true. Sure.
1: Well, that's where they have the big telescope, I think. So that's where she can, like, see her comet. Oh, okay. Because well, she only figured it out through math. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, so then they she learns the truth. And this again like I I don't know there were scenes where I kept going back and forth between like rooting for the Steve Martin character and finding him really creepy. I mean, mm. oh, we didn't talk about like the the most famous scene in the movie, like which was the yeah. first scene I saw, which is a good I think encapsulation of the weirdness of this movie. Because right. it's the scene where he's in the bar and someone makes fun of his nose. And he says, like—well, I don't remember even what the put-down was, but it's like a lazy I think it's just big
1: nose or something like that. And he's like, is that the best you can do? And he sort of has this—makes this deal to do as many more creative insults of his own big nose, uh, as many as the guy can score on the dartboard. Yeah. And he gets, like, the highest number, which is 20, twice— and so Steve Martin does this monologue of of nose insults, right? Uh, in, in many different fashions.
0: Yeah, and it's it's gra- It's a great moment because he's like he completely steals the guy's thunder. He makes that guy look like an asshole, and he makes himself look awesome mm-hmm. by being. Then he self-deprecating. drops that motherfucker. Yeah, and then it's totally that point is completely undercut by him like getting in a fight with the guy. Uh,
1: this is America 1987. You can't just win with wits. you got to knock a guy out. But that was, yeah, it's
0: so weird. I don't really understand why, like, it it kind of, maybe ruin is too strong a word, but it, it, it deflates the Undercuts entire. for sure. Yeah. And, like, there was also the scene earlier where, like, he's talking to the kid who, like, is on his roof because he doesn't want to go to mm-hmm. school because uh, they're making fun of his weight. And he's, like, sympathizing with him. He's a nice guy. Like, yeah, I mean, like... Until
1: he knocks that fucking kid out.
0: (laughs) No, yeah. But he doesn't tell the kid, like, you've got to learn how to, like, punch them in the throat. (laughs) Like, no, it's, you know, I love the scene of him, like, yeah, using his intelligence, using his wit, using his ability to, like, own his own narrative or the way people are talking about him is, like, a really powerful moment. And you get that this guy is, like, beloved by this town, For that reason. Like, we don't need a scene after that of him beating the shit out of this guy. (laughs) Like, it's so weird to me. (laughs) I
1: don't know. I could have seen a few more beatings. He should have gone full (laughs) John Wick. Anyways,
0: yeah, that's. I, I did just want to mention that because, again, when we get to the end of the movie, I am kind of like, you know, getting into the idea of like, yeah, he, you know, he loves Daryl Hannah. He's telling her how. He feels about her, but it's this horrible deception, and she rightly mm-hmm. gets there. angry at him. And f- for a minute, you know, I gave the movie credit because this was a decade where you know there's a lot of stories of like men deceiving women, and at the end they like shrug You're it just off, sort of used and, to it. <laughs> yeah, and but and this like she was actually you know responded uh, appropriately and was upset and yelled at him about you know for deceiving and violating her and and all that but then Steve Martin like st- I mean he should be down on his knees apologizing like that's a terrible mm-hmm. thing to do to someone but he gets angry back at her and is like almost like angry like he says something that to the Red effect flag. of like <laughs> That's right. If you, Yeah. But he says something in the of like that he's almost like angry at her for not having sex with him, you know? Right. Like he says yeah. something like, I don't know That's who gross. you're having sex with, but sure hell wasn't me or something. Like the entitlements and it was just like Yeah, it was it was gross and creepy and and again, I don't like I don't I fundamentally don't understand the storytelling instinct of you know, have it be a down note, have him be like apologetic or conciliatory don't have him react with aggression because he did do a terrible thing (laughs) and he should (laughs) he fucked up Steve he should not be mad at her for discovering that like I was even just like surprised like even just from a storytelling standpoint like obviously they're gonna reconcile obviously they're gonna fall in love by the end but like have this be a legitimately down moment where he gets called out for doing something shitty uh no instead she comes crawling to him yeah and in the end the resolution is like there's a fire him and the firefighters we all forgot about put it out and then at the end she's like she just comes and finds him and it's like i'm okay with it now it's been a good 45 minutes i went inside and i thought what
1: it was about chris that attracted me wasn't the way he looked
0: Well, that's not true. At first, it was the way he looked. (laughs) It was how he made me feel. He made me feel romantic, intelligent, feminine. But it wasn't him doing that to me. It was you. All these other men, Charlie, they've got flat, featureless faces. No character, no fire, no nose.
1: That's a real choice because the play Cyrano de Bergiac, that this is adapted from. That's not what happens in the play. Oh, really? Okay. First of all, Chris Christian in the play, he doesn't go off with some with you know a bartender. He dies. What? <laughs> and then after of like, that same the... eye
0: disease that everyone in the audience was stricken with.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Cyrano. He waits 15 years, and then he goes to see this person, Roxanne, who has been in a nunnery mourning. Oh, wait. He gets, like, hit by—run over by, like, a carriage or something. And then with his, like, dying breaths, he, like, crawls to the nunnery, and he's like, I wrote those fucking letters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, dies. Whoa. And uh, she's like— Did you have to do it in my fucking nunnery? (laughs) So, I mean, I know that Hollywood loves, you know, a Hollywood ending. But, yeah, I mean, maybe Steve Martin didn't have to die. But he could have, yeah, he could have at least been contrite and uh, won the girl. Or, like, yeah, came to some sort of realization about himself or, or I like the I like the time jump
0: or, you know, it doesn't even have to be like 15 years plus a nunnery, like have a, maybe a year passes and she finds out or something like, yeah.
1: Yeah. It just seems yeah. like so she, raw and, uh, she upsetting. doesn't even fucking see her comet, the comets in the sky. And she's like begging Steve Martin to come back to her. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, I didn't like that part.
0: Yeah. it was weird.
1: It was weird. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, that didn't work for me
1: either. I like the, I like the play ending better. The... <laughs> Everybody dies. That's why plays are great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's Roxanne. so we'll be back after this short break with some behind the scenes and trivia. Don't go away.
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for
0: limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome back to We Watchability. We are talking about Roxanne, the 1987 movie starring Steve Martin. I have some trivia for you. You know, this isn't one of Steve Martin's more popular movies, despite it being fairly successful. There isn't a lot out there. Also, usually when I think of trivia, I think of times that the actors have sort of worked together again. You know, maybe they have like longstanding cinematic relationships or something like that, or they reunite in interesting ways. In this movie... Nobody has worked together again. <laughs> Some... I don't know what went down yeah. <laughs> in Nelson, BC, where they shot this movie, but uh, nobody has uh, interacted. You know, it's funny. As far as I can see, it's
0: funny you say that because when I looked on IMDb for Steve Martin, on like you know they have like the top four titles at the mm-hmm. start of like his filmography, and the number one slot is Roxanne. Yeah. So people I, – I feel like it is a – like my impression of it when you brought it up was that it's a beloved movie that I just happen to not be a huge fan of or like I haven't – you know, I'm not as familiar with. But I thought for a lot of people this
1: was a big movie. Ah, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's not one of the ones that I think of immediately when I think of Steve Martin. But I, it's just so weird. I mean, you know, once you understand – that it's from a play and in the play the character also has a giant nose the big nose isn't such a hard thing to get past because it does look like ridiculous and it sort of makes this movie seem like weird on a level that other movies aren't you know so it's a it's kind of a hump to get over or was for me
0: it's yeah because it it it, yeah because it seems silly yeah but also like they're trying to make it you know Almost like a modern fairy tale, which is, you know, a good reason to cast Shelley Duvall. Yeah, because that's she, right. She was, you know, the the fairy tale theater around. I looked time. to
1: see if Steve Martin ever showed up on fairy tales theater. He never. Ma- no, really? Never. Nobody has ever worked with anybody <laughs> ever again. I'm serious. Oh, wow. But
0: everyone was on that
1: show. Yeah. That's why I thought it would be there. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, so it was difficult to think of trivia for this. Okay. So most of them are about the director, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, you know, get ready for some obscure ones. But, you know, jam, you know movies and you have such a knowledge of cinema. Uh-oh. I think you'll probably do great. This was directed by a guy named Fred Shippepsi, who, uh, you know, he's done some other movies. He directed or co-directed maybe Fierce Creatures, this sort of spiritual sequel to... Uh, Fish Called um, Wanda. Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Did I get a point? Uh, was that the first question? No. Oh. But he did direct another adaptation of a play, which uh, was pretty well received in 1993. I was wondering if you could name that play. I do think I know this, actually.
0: Yeah? Because I don't know. I know the name, but I don't. Yeah, like I. He hasn't directed. A ton of big movies, but I think yeah, probably his biggest movie is the movie I think you're talking about, which is Six Degrees
1: of Separation. That's the one. Will Smith. Uh, others. Yeah, that's that. That's it. You do get a point right. for that one. Yeah, it's uh, he. He's also directed some other adaptations of plays, like he directed an adaptation of this David Hare play uh, featuring. Meryl Streep and Sting. Oh, called. uh, I can't read my own writing, but it is a play. So, do you think we ever
0: talked about that on set? And it's like, hey, made him made a
1: movie called Roxanne. (laughs) That was his like pickup line to Meryl Streep. Yeah, it worked. (laughs) Steve Martin was like whispering, uh, "Tell him he made a movie called Roxanne."
0: Yeah, he. Okay, well, I don't want to talk too much about him because maybe no, 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 you're
1: gonna question. know we're gonna get to everything about okay. him. <laughs> so both Steve Martin and Fred Shep Pepsi have he changed projects. his name for show business. It used
0: to be Fred Shep r. c. cola. <laughs>
1: funny both martin and the director have projects involving depictions of albert einstein can you name both of those projects steve martin has one yeah
0: i know the fred is it Pepsi or is it just shepsi
1: i think it might be pronounced Shepsy. okay i don't, anyways, i have no idea
0: i think he did that movie iq with walter Matthau. Yeah, and Steve Martin did a, an Einstein thing. Was it like a play? Mm, getting warmer. Okay. <laughs> Cyrano de Berge. No, no. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, wh- it's his. It's his. You know, most most successful work. Picasso at the Lapine Agile, right? Famously features Picasso. Uh, and Einstein you know, talking it up.
0: That's what I was thinking of, but I didn't know I knew it was Picasso or something. I never saw it. I know it it played here once, but I didn't go yeah, see Yeah, I didn't
1: it. see it. I I read it at one point. It's okay. It's. I I don't love it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I really respect Steve Martin for all the things that he does, but I don't often love the results, you know. Right. But I, I like that he, like, you know, I respect him and admire him for stretching and, you know... I mean, it is a very successful play, so what the fuck am I talking about, right? <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Einstein, you know? Yeah. Oh, also an, another interesting tidbit about Picasso at the Lapin Agile. The original reading, you know, the first reading that Steve Martin did of the play, which he did in his house, he had... Uh, Sting got this right. (laughs) It was Sting. It was uh, Tom Hanks as Picasso and Chris Sarandon as Einstein. Okay, hey, there you go. (laughs) I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, so this one's a toughie, but uh, I think it's I think it's fun. So the director Fred Shepsi. He directed two women to Oscar-winning performances. One of them was Stalker Channing in Six Degrees of Separation. Mm-hmm. The other was Meryl Streep. Can you name the movie for which Meryl Streep won an Oscar directed by Fred Schepisi?
0: Yes, I believe you just mentioned it. It's I Can't Read My Writing. <laughs>
1: it was a different
0: movie because oh, okay.
1: they worked together again. All right, no. her, Meryl Streep, and Sam Neill—they all worked together twice. Uh, Once on the thing that was a play, and then on this thing.
0: What else did he do? Yeah, because I know that. I'll give you a hint. He's
1: Australian. This was his sort of return to Oz, (laughs) if you will. With Meryl. Mm hmm. Wait, did you say she won an Oscar? She won an Oscar. Well, I should know this then. I mean, one of 20, 40 films. (laughs) It could be. Yeah, that's
0: true. She's won a lot of Oscars. Um,. Hmm. It was in Australia? Mm hmm. What did she win an Oscar for in Australia? It's not that movie where she's having sex with Alec Baldwin. And it's not the movie where she <laughs> plays Iron Man's mom. Um...
1: Shoot. Both sh- Oscar winning performances. Should... What, what letter does it start with? Well, it has two titles. One starts with C. The other, I think the international title starts with E. Oh. Catfish.
0: (laughs) It's a remake of this. (laughs) I I do want to get this, but I don't want to take up any more time because sometimes I forget this is a show people are listening to while accomplishing things greater than I ever will.
1: I can I can cut the spaces, uh, and often do. But uh, I'm going to give it to you. It is... Why would you give I mean, it to me? When it, because is it catfish? Why? No, no, no. I'm going to give you the answer. Oh, I'm not okay. going to give you the point. Yes. No. So the movie is A Cry in the Dark. What? Yeah. Or it was uh, internationally called Evil Angel, which I think is what the book was called. And it is... The Dingo Ate My Baby movie.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I've never seen that. <laughs> Did you uh you kill your baby miss? No, it's a dingo. Wait, she won an Oscar, Oscar. for that? <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. I yeah, I, I think so. I mean that was my research. I mean it's possible that I mistook it, it was nominated, but uh No, I, I think mean, she won an Oscar. I'm gonna for look that. this
0: up and uh I think if it's wrong I should get the point. That's fair. Okay. I'm not seeing her.
1: Oh, you know what? It was that. just a best actor nominee. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Cause so you're you're you know what? That's on me because that's a a far wider pool than is even fair. Yeah, because they nominate past. her every year, like even if
0: it's just like you know, for even a if a it's Facebook just a dingo
1: your baby, yeah, movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've always been curious, but. uh
1: but I will probably, Sam Neill?
0: Yeah. Oh, I do love Sam Neill.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, that is enough about that director. Oh, he also directed Mr. Baseball. What? Mr. Baseball. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we should do that on
0: the podcast.
1: Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, this was Steve Martin's idea for a movie. He was the one who wanted to adapt this movie. He was a big fan of the 1950s Jose Ferrar portrayal of the Cyrano de Bergerac character. Ber- it's and, Bergerac. Well, whatever. <laughs> Who's the one with the theater degree, okay? <laughs> Bergerac. But uh, Bergerac. Tom Bergerac. Bergerac. Uh, Tom, okay. But, yeah, he, he saw the play, and he loved it, and he loved the character, and he loved, like, you know, how, like, in control he was except for this like one thing. And so he wanted to adapt it. He apparently wrote 25 drafts of the script and he got studio interest. At one point, one of the studio people suggested Daryl Hanna for the role. And uh, that was pretty much how that played out. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally given a R rating Really? Because his nose is so phallic. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, there was, guess, there were some. He
0: does make a couple of dick jokes about it, which is weird. yeah, that's right. Weird. There was
1: one joke that's cut out of the television version that is he's the only man who can please two women at once. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I guess that's the one I was thinking of, which I don't even get. <laughs> okay.
0: But it's just like I I don't know like I yeah as much as I like that scene like when he says that I feel like I it's guess a bit much in in the real world like I just imagine everyone in the bar being like oh, okay let's just go back to our drinks like
1: All, also the part <laughs> this where is he too far. <laughs> he I think he's talking he's at dinner or something with Daryl Hannah he's at the bar with Daryl Hannah or maybe it's uh, with Shelley Duvall and he says something to some old ladies about. You know, you know what they say about a guy with a big nose. Oh yeah, that, yeah. And then he's like, "I love doing that," which is
0: fucking weird, man. Yeah, he also tells at one point he tells a bunch of old women that aliens want to have sex with them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're like, Dallas is on. That was funny. Because <laughs> Dallas.
0: Yeah, he's ah, yeah. It's it's a he's, weird character. The the CD.
1: Yeah, I mean he his like sexual compulsions seem like way out of uh out of his character, you know. Yeah. I mean, just compared to everybody else, he's mild because you know, there is that like, you know, one fireman. Yeah. But, uh, but
0: it's like I don't know, like on one hand it's He seems, just says it nicer. On one hand he seems like like the you know, the sweet, like heart of the town, like a Jimmy Stewart kind of, you know, George Bailey kind of figure that everyone mm-hmm. loves. But on the other hand, he's talking about alien sex and making nose dick jokes. And then he's fucking murdering people, probably. <laughs> you don't know what happened yeah. to those guys later. They might have been, you know, brain damage involved. So I mean, I'm just, he's kind of a psychopath,
1: really. He's absolutely a psychopath. Yeah. it's uh, It's definitely strange. Yeah, there wasn't much else that I could find out about this movie. They considered an actress named Christine Latti for the Daryl Hannah part. Christine and, Lottie? You know, yeah, L A H T I. Do you know who that is? Yeah, she's in tons oh. of stuff. Christine Lati, yeah, who she could have been. Her,
0: she's like a television actress.
1: Yeah, I mean, lots of. Yeah, wasn't she in Law and Order for a while? Of- Oh, or mean, am I thinking of someone been. else? Oh, Chicago Hope. It's mean, it that a million it. people. I think she might have been in Chicago Hope. She was in Chicago yeah, Hope. That's the one.
0: Running on Empty. Okay. Injustice for All. Oh, yeah, she was in The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, in, she's yes. in tons of stuff.
1: Tons of stuff. Exactly. So she almost played the Daryl Hannah part? That's right. Well, they considered her, but I think Daryl Hannah was always the sort of number one choice because she's Daryl Hannah when she was in Splash. And also, you
0: know, I do enjoy seeing Shelley Duvall here.
1: She's good. Yeah. I mean, she's she's sort of underused, it seems like. She is, definitely. Also, I'm not used to her not frozen in terror, you know?
0: Well, you know, she's in so many other great movies. Like, did you ever see Mm -hmm. the Robert Altman movie, Three Women, with her and... So she's no, I haven't sick. seen that one.
1: Oh, she's so I've good. seen the Robert Albin movie Popeye with her. She's so good. She's good in that too. I really she is do great like man. Shelley Duvall. Did you read that she's article great. about
0: her? Yeah.
1: It's yeah, kind, that's right. It was kinda so sad, sad
0: but kind of sweet. Like
1: It's I mean, yeah, it seems like she's had like she did have some trouble, but things seem to be going okay for her yeah, right now. And it
0: seems like she has this like community of like fairy people Fans. people that grew up with fairy tale theater specifically yeah. who are kind of like supporting her and which is like kind of sweet in a way
1: yeah i mean she's so wonderful and yeah the fairy tale uh, theater thing is so beloved by so many people i mean
0: we should do that on the show sometime because some of the the talents on those sh- the it's insane like
1: yeah i wonder uh, what steve martin's phone was disconnected or what
0: <laughs> But it's also, like, uh, there is there's something also creepy about those, just, like, the aesthetic of, like, you know, 80s videotaped <laughs> yeah. things where people are wearing, like, weird makeup and costumes. and mm-hmm. I, I just remember seeing that stuff as a kit, like, because those tapes were available widely. I, it's the kind of thing they'd put on, in like, the Ikea ballroom that you'd sitting right. while your parents shopped in in the 80s <laughs> and and there's something even kind of disturbing about it then but also kind of interesting and and yeah the, the you know i mean fuck isn't jeff goldblum in like the three little pigs like i it yeah, yeah we should definitely talk about that at some point absolutely
1: yeah Uh yeah the nose you know everybody wants to know about the makeup well mm-hmm. It took 90 minutes to put on, and you wouldn't believe this. Steve Martin says, God, he hates putting on that nose. It's no wonder that none of his other characters <laughs> didn't have unusually yeah.
0: large noses.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, go back to it. It's funny stuff. It's uh, Comedically, it's lasted the ages. Oh, yeah. Also, I wanted to say... Jose Ferrar, who you know influenced Steve Martin so much mm-hmm. in his betrayal, and was the reason that he did this this movie, did not care for this film. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like he had a cameo or no, uh, no, no, no. He was pissed when uh, he didn't love it when they made the Gerard Depardieu Cyrano de in Bergerac in nineteen ninety Bergerac. <laughs> He he went to Con to appear, you know, in that sort of promotion stuff, and uh, apparently he uh, didn't care for Roxanne. Mm. Yeah, it's probably I mean... all the dick jokes. <laughs> He's like, they, uh, this woman, the catfisher.
0: Yeah, <laughs> thank goodness we're classing it up with 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 Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> yeah, noted <Ooh>. class act. <laughs> Gerard
1: Depardieu. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, that's Roxanne. So, J.M., did you think Roxanne was rewatchable? Uh, No. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Mm. Maybe. I mean, look, I kind of got swept along. As soon as, like, the farcical elements came in, like, I kind of got swept along it. Okay. and uh, I really like Daryl Hannah. I think she kind of makes some of the uh, awkward scenes worse. And you know what? The guy uh, was Rick. What's his face? He was actually good too.
1: Uh, oh, I didn't like him.
0: Really? I thought he was good. Not not like I'd want to see him again in another movie, unless he's being <laughs> killed by a Terminator five minutes in. Yeah. But in terms of like this role where he had to play like a likable Dummy, you know, like he, yeah. he had to be someone who is doing this. I mean, in a way, maybe it backfired because, like, I—I I think he seemed like someone who had no malice, or you know, he was <laughs> incapable right. of. He was like, a like, too, kind of. But like, it, it all, you know, fell on Steve Martin ultimately—the blame <laughs> uh, for this. Uh, he wrote like, it. Deception.
1: Well, him and Edward <laughs> Edmund Rust. I can't read that. <laughs>
0: But no, I no, I thought he was fine. And Steve Martin, I think as a performer, he's good as always. I I like mm-hmm. I said, I love Steve Martin. I'll pr- probably watch Steve Martin in anything. I mean, I watched Shop Girl and 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 <laughs> sat in the theater wow. and watched it for however long it was and did not get up and leave. So that that's how much I am committed to watching Steve Martin and things. Wow, but. I do think Steve Martin, the writer here, I mean, he has a lot of the right comedic beats. But I think in terms of this character that he fashions for himself is just, I mean, I know I've said it multiple times throughout the show, but it's just weird. It's very weird. Uh, I mean, he's kind of a creep, kind of a dick. And, you know, like, and even like he's a creep for parts of it. But then when he's called out for being a creep, he just acts like a jerk. And I know he's famous for being the jerk different movie <laughs> no it was a it was a callback, I don't know, yeah, and the just like the yeah, having him like punching people, I don't know, it just it felt at odds with like the tone that maybe the director was pushing it in, where it has this kind of like quaint Americana vibe. Mm. it It felt like a movie that that couldn't totally settle on a tone. But there is still some good stuff in it, and I like the cast. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'd say mildly rewatchable. Okay. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was my selection. I thought it would be funny. You know, I thought it might be charming. I like things that are theatrical. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like, this movie didn't really get me much at all. I found it sort of immediately off-putting. All the stuff about all the stuff with Daryl Hannah is just so like creepy. Yeah. When you think about it, uh, or when you don't think about it, or when you try not to think about it, like the whole movie is really about tricking a woman into being with you, which just seems so not great, so awful. No, not not great.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, again, I don't really know the play, but based on what you're describing, it just sounds like this you know this unfortunate situation that like you know and the truth was ultimately revealed not like an mm-hmm. an angle that the character had to like really and like the way he even talks about it to shelly duvall like he you know he says something to the extent of like oh i got her in bed like oh it wasn't really me but like you know it's it's like a conquest to him like I, mm-hmm. again like She's a prize the 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 way the character functions is at odds with the romantic tone that it it wants to have in other scenes you know what i mean like you know mm. i've changed my mind it's not rewatchable <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm changing my vote <laughs> thumbs down
1: i'll allow it yeah i mean also i mean i didn't find the movie particularly well directed like i thought like it didn't seem to be able to catch the comedic elements. Like, there were things in the script that the camera seemed indifferent to almost. Like, it almost seemed like too much like a play. There wasn't enough close-ups. There wasn't... It seemed like it was not very well... It seemed like there could have been more done with the camera to, like, make the comedy land in many cases. I will say yeah.
0: I like the, like, the the sort of space they created. Like, this town had, like, a real feel to it. Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like I want to go to this
1: town and, like. Well, that's Nelson, B.C. You can go there. Well, I, but pint. I
0: want Shelley Duvall to be running the diner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, maybe somewhere she could be running a diner, you know. That would be work. that would be nice, but
0: yeah, I yeah, I I don't know. It came close to like doing something, but uh, no.
1: Yeah, no. For me, it's just not rewatchable. Uh, so I uh didn't enjoy th- it. Three Amigos, Dirty Rotten
0: Scoundrels, The Jerk. These are all movies you could have picked this week, Rob. Uh, yeah, L.A. Story. Uh, I know. <laughs> Father of the Bride. <laughs> right. Parenthood. Yes.
1: Bowfinger. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, if you want to talk about good movies, this is not the place. No, it certainly is not. Uh, but, we, I mean, we should talk about some of those movies sometime because, uh, yeah, those are good movies. And I, I did want to talk about, like, a, I did want to feel good. I did want like it to be a feel-good comedy. I wanted it to be charming, but it wasn't. And, <laughs> you know, some of those other Steve Martin movies are are charming, you know, yeah. in their way. Or funny. That I would take that, too. I mean, I yeah. definitely laughed at parts, but uh I might have snickered once or twice. I think I laughed on like the police scanner thing, yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah, I uh, like police scanner jokes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it is funny to think that we've never done a Steve Martin movie on the show because he definitely was like a very formative comic voice for me as yeah, a, absolutely as a kid
1: yeah, i I don't know, but i. Yeah, maybe it's just that he hasn't been so much uh, visible or present, you know, in the pop culture zeitgeist, and now he is, and so there's a reason to uh, talk about them.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I I don't know. I I will continue to watch the uh, the murder show. Is it
1: okay? Is it good?
0: I mean, look. I'll I'll watch, like I said, I watch Shop Girl. I'll watch Steve Martin. Anything, (laughs) even more than that, I'll watch Martin Short and anything. I love Martin Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think it's a little odd (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, I I don't know, you know, how exactly this show came together, but I think it's in, in it's painfully obvious that like Hollywood, you know, will continue to dish out roles for older men, but create less opportunities for older actresses. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little odd that it's like old ass Steve Martin and old ass Martin short. And to complete the trifecta, Selena Gomez. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure. (laughs) Sure.
0: Well, you know,
1: she I'm sure she has her comedic chops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which which I like mainly as just a fuck you to Chevy Chase. That's Right. Yeah. But even like we I watched the first episode with my wife and like at the beginning when they all kind of team up, she was like, "You know, what's good about this is like it's it's not creepy because it's like you know, Steve Martin and Martin Short are so beloved. It's like you can't see hmm. them as like well, we didn't just ro- watch Roxanne, but you can't yeah. see them as creepy. But then, in like the last scene of the first episode, like you see like Selena Gomez in the shower, and, yeah. it, and it's like, why, why would you do? I don't know. It, it, it I, I'll, I'll continue to watch it. I, I enjoyed it. But it, uh, for
1: more shower scenes,
0: of course. Maybe we'll get Martin Short in
1: there, <laughs> yeah.
0: even up the scale a little.
1: Whoa, male nudity! Come on. But yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I, I like, I like those guys. I, I I wanna check it out. I would like to see some Steve Martin look even more than, Martin Short. I I don't know if we've ever done a
0: Martin Short movie even. Like I'll uh, again, I'll watch Martin Short yeah. do anything. Oh, you guys did I think Inner Space when I wasn't on it. Yeah, that's right. And I love that movie yeah. too.
1: So That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean we'll have to get to a Martin Short movie. Uh maybe next week. And until then Segway. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please go there and subscribe and rate us if you'd like to. If you would like to suggest a movie for us, you can drop us an email at rewatchability at com or go to our website, rewatchability.com. There's a speak pipe link. Leave a little message there. I'm waiting for our the page- message
0: that's like, you cost me my degree. <laughs> like, <laughs> your, your podcast made me so dumb that like I tanked my PhD thesis
1: <laughs> I was sure that I discovered a new comet <laughs>
0: <laughs> That I listened to your Gremlins episode And I forgot all about it God damn it
1: <laughs> Also we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook Where you can follow us And uh, yeah Until next time Don't catfish Daryl Hannah <laughs> She's been through enough